Talk More Talk, the Solo Beatles video cast. This is a show that we do every other Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. We talk mainly about the solo careers of the Beatles. Once in a while, we talk about the group as well, when it applies. But uh, for the most part, we talk about the most successful solo careers of all time, coming, of course, from the Beatles. I'm Ken Michaels, one of the four regular co-hosts of the show. You might know me for uh, my syndicated Beatles radio program called Every Little Thing. Also, I'm the co-host of Things We Said Today, another popular Beatles uh, talk show podcast. And I have my own YouTube channel as well, Ken Michaels Radio, which is all Beatles content. I'm being joined by my three regulars, as always. We have the queen of Beatles social media here, who has outdone herself fixing up her her place with uh, the Christmas tree and all, all the fixings, actually. And uh, she, is the, she is the author of uh, Songs We Were Singing, Guided Tours of the Beatles' Lesser Known Tracks, Michael Jackson FAQ, All the Stuff to Know About the King of Pop, and also Fandom and the Beatles, which she collaborated on with our colleague Ken Womack. And she's just everywhere, really. She does classes online on the history of rock and roll, about Aretha Franklin, about Stevie Wonder. You know, there's nothing she can't do. And that is our own Kit O'Toole. Welcome, Kit. Now that's an introduction. Hello, <laughs> Hello everybody. Hi, 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 ho, ho, ho. And uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. I've got my ugly Beatles Christmas sweater on. I've got it's my lovely. Suit. I like it. Yep, that's that is what it's really called. That is the name of the sweater. I don't think. Oh, it's is ugly, it really? It, that's okay. what it was. That's what it's called. I got it from the Vesper Beatles fans catalog, and it was called Ugly Beatles Christmas uh, Sweater. <laughs> so I think it's cute. You, you can't have the words "ugly" and "Beatles" together. It that just is doesn't very work. true. It's <laughs> impossible. Yep. So you know. So I'm I'm ready to uh, have a fun, merry show tonight. Okay. Also, we have with us one half of the team of Two Legs, along with Annie Nichols, always putting out one good show after another. You can't keep up with them. There's just so many that he puts out on a weekly basis. And that's our own Tom Hunyadi. Hi, Tom. Hello, Ken. Good to see you. Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas. Uh, hopefully, and whatever you guys celebrate, Kwanzaa, uh, Hanukkah. Hanukkah, Festivus. Yes, Festivus. 
uh, all that good stuff. Uh, we, uh, we hope you guys are having a wonderful holiday season and, uh, we're looking forward to, uh, having a little holiday cheer right here right now. So let's get to it. Mm. And also we have uh, a man who's the biggest thing on the internet. Oh. His own, his own he is? YouTube channel, Mean Mr. Mayo, does all kinds of things on there. Lots of Beatle programming, Fab Gab, lots of rants. He takes you through uh, his local record store and tells you all the new stuff that he's picking up throughout the week. And that is, of course, Joe Mayo. Hi, Joe. Hi, Ken. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Good to be here, as always. Looking forward to a fun show. And uh, we should point out that this is our last show of the mm. year yep. for 2022. And what we thought we'd do, we divide the show up into two parts. We're going to talk about what we consider to be the highlights of this past year. And then I thought, and, and for quite a while I wanted to do this, the second half of the show, we talk about this album. Ringo stars, I want to be Santa Claus. There you Ringo, go. Ringo is the only Beatle, the only one that's ever put out a Christmas album, legitimately anyway. So we're mm. going to talk about uh, this album in detail, get uh, everyone's thoughts on it. We'd love to know what you guys watching think of this album. But as usual, we have uh, the latest Beatle news to get to. This is going to be one of the briefer uh, newscasts. We'll start with uh, news about a new film on John Lennon that'll be coming out next year called Borrowed Time. Alan G. Parker has been working on it, and you might be familiar with that name. He directed the documentary, it was 50 years ago today, The Beatles, Sgt. Pepper, and Beyond. And he says they completed 50 interviews about John for this release. There's wow. supposed to be some excellent unseen footage and at least two or three new revelations. A photo, mm. a photo used to promote it reads, the legend you thought you knew, think again. All right. That's it's always sometime. good. Yeah, I, I, I think what he said there, I mean, I think it's always good to find something new. You know, I mean, we hear the same old stories with all four of them, you know, for uh -huh. decades. And then, you know, what, uh, you know, Adrian and Alan were able to do and the McCartney legacy and what hopefully, the, you know, what, what they're tagging on this is what, you know, what they're finding something new for this new documentary. Bring it on. I mean, anytime we can learn something new, I say, let's do it. Who could argue with that? Yeah. Okay. Um, also, one of our listeners from Things We Said Today, they go by such strange names, Nuclear Magenta was at the event at the Paley Center in New York City with Michael Lindsay Hogg and Jonathan Clyde from Apple Corps. And um, this lister said that uh, Jonathan Clyde said at this event that restoration is underway for the Let It Be film hmm. with no news about distribution or a proposed release date. All right. Okay. Well, you would have thought they would have done that when while they were doing Get Back. Yeah. Maybe they were doing it, but they're just letting us know about it now. Who knows? Okay. Fair enough. At least we're, we're hearing about it from a top name at Apple. Mm. There's, a, there's a special collector's edition of Uncut Magazine devoted to Paul McCartney. It's 148 pages long called The Ultimate Music Guide with in-depth reviews of every solo album. Uncut's website reads... Uncut takes a look at the collaborations 
parties, jokes about Eric Clapton, a starry cast celebrate Paul as he turns 80. If you want hmm. more information about this, go to uncut.co.uk. All right. Thanks to our listener, Pete Garcia. We know that Julian Lennon just did an interview for Kevin Nealon's podcast show called Hiking with Kevin, which you can listen to on his YouTube channel. It's 16 minutes long. A reminder that the new uh, documentary, If These Walls Could Sing, on the history of Abbey Road Studios, directed by Mary McCartney, will be premiering on December 16th. That's this week. That's this uh, Friday on the Disney Plus channel. It will include new interviews from Paul, Ringo, Elton John, Nal Rogers, Roger Waters, Dave Gilmore, and others. And just before the show, everyone here was telling me they were noticing online that there was a premiere in London where they were showing it. And Paul and Ringo were there and their kids. Mm -hmm. Elton John as well. Yep. Very nice. We have to announce the passing of a radio giant, and that's Norm Pattis, who was the founder of one of radio's biggest companies, the original Westwood One. That company, yeah, the company syndicated the wonderful radio series, The Lost Lennon Tapes, which later morphed into The Beatle Years. And for those of us that listen to syndicated radio shows, Westwood One carried Casey Kasem's American Top 40, that was after Casey left ABC. They also carried Dr. Demento's show and Mary Turner's Off the Record. Pattis also started the successful podcast company called Podcast One. Mm. Norm Pattis was 79. So thank wow. you for bringing us the Lost Lennon tapes. Absolutely. We used to carry that on WDHA when I worked there at the radio station in New Jersey. And it was on six o'clock in the morning on Sundays. And then I did a three hour radio show on the Beatles. So it was four hours of Beatle programming, but to wow. kick it off with the Lost Lennon tapes. I remember um, waking up and had my cassette. Recording. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you weren't alone. You weren't alone. <laughs> there was always something every single week on that show that we hadn't heard before, whether it was a, uh, an unreleased song or an alternate take of a song or an interview such a great radio series. I'd like to just add something that I reported to our last show about the passing of Jeff Wanfor, who mm-hmm. directed the Beatles anthology, as well as Paul's and the World Tonight documentary and the Live at the Cavern Club concert. One of our listeners, A. Timok, said that Jeff directed a TV documentary in 1986 called Handmade in Hong Kong, The Making of Shanghai Surprise. And Tom Brennan, one of our regular listeners, wrote in that he directed Paul's documentary for Put It There. Not only that, he also directed the videos for Young Boy and The World Tonight. So a lot of great work done there by Jeff Wanfor. Okay. Uh, There's a brand new video out now for Here, There, and Everywhere. This is now the third video made, all animated, for the release of the Revolver archival set. Have you guys seen the new one yet? Yeah, bits and pieces. Yeah. It's basically um, animated footage of the Beatles taken from various movies. And it's interspersed a lot with the dancing girl that you see in Yellow right. Submarine during the Lucy in the, so- the Lucy in the Sky sequence. It's very well done. Uh, and finally, um, Super Deluxe Edition 
is putting out a Blu-ray. This is strictly audio for the concert for George. Something mm -hmm. to look out for there. Such an amazing concert. And that's it. Rather short uh, Beatles newscast, but we got a lot to talk about here on the show. Yes, First of all, we thought we'd look back at this mm. uh, particular year of 2022. And each of us will list what are the top highlights and maybe even if they feel like it, some honorable mentions. You know, it's it's um it's kind of funny when we first were talking about this, I was thinking not that much happened in the past year. And I can mention a few real main things. And then I started looking at all the books that came out, you know, <laughs> and then it, it turned into something like 10 items here that I wanted to mention. So <laughs> I thought we'd go around the table here and uh, find out from each of you what you would list as being uh, the the greatest moments or releases of 2022. So let's start this time with Tom. Wow. All right. Well, you know, as for this year, um, you know, seeing Paul again, um, thanks to my buddy, Rick, my new buddy, Rick, <laughs> um, California invited me to see him at the so SoFi Stadium was, was the absolute highlight of, of the year you know, for me, um, you know, being, uh, and we were close and he sounded, he still sounded good. You know, he, you know, yeah, there's, we talk about it. There's a few you know, moments where it's not, you know, 76 Paul, but it's still Paul McCartney and everybody was on their feet for the whole damn show and <laughs> saw some people crying, you know, and I was, you know, one of them. And, uh, but that's absolutely, uh, the main highlight for the year hands down um music wise I mean, look we, we we talked about revolver that is you know probably music wise that was the main probably the main release um of the year that way i mean it was unfortunately it wasn't the fourth quarter that we've had in the past right where we, you know one month after another after another we were you know we were we didn't have any shortage of ideas for shows let's just say <laughs> that, you know um unfortunately it wasn't like well maybe fortunately <laughs> give our wallets a little bit of a break but uh but uh you know joe and i we had something that uh we got something pretty special this year which uh you know i guess i'll just start off with that with releases and you know this sucker right here oh boy yeah <laughs> what's that look at are you, yeah. you gonna kiss it again <laughs> well why not don't <laughs> oh, well, you're gonna get a splinter in your lip yeah i know <laughs> but not just for the collecting aspect of it this is just was really just a beautiful amazing well thought put together um set of you know 80 singles from from the man and um you know I've, i'm up to uh to coming up and so far so good all of them have been been perfect no skips no warps um the great quiet pressings I, i'm thinking they're probably from digital source myself they're probably not remastered from the original analog tapes but just amazing you know we i know we were all hoping for back to the egg in london town we still are but uh, this this will keep me busy <laughs> until <laughs> and, and, until then. So so yeah, I mean yeah, we know it's missing a few uh, singles here and there, but I'm not going to complain about it. It's it's absolutely perfect. Um, and record store day this past month, or I mean the past couple weeks ago, 
I was really happy that this was released. Um, you know, revisiting this like we did on our last show, just I just fell in love with this album. I really did. And again, it was just one of those albums where I just, eh, you know, uh-huh. just another Ringo effort. But man, listening to it again, I really just, man, I'm so grateful that the, that this was, uh, I was, you know, we gave this album another chance, and um, and I'm, you know, it's great. All right, mm-hmm. um, book wise, yeah, go ahead, Ken. No, that's why we do another yeah. listen. Yeah, that's some why we do us, it. Yeah. We discover the album and we appreciate it more for some yes. of us. So, absolutely, absolutely. Book wise, now. Um, we had this young man on and, you know, I wish I could say that there was something music wise from all four camps, uh, you know, George and, and John as well. I wish I could, you know, say, oh, this, this George thing, this John thing was, was, was a highlight too. I wish we could do that. Um, but George wise, you know, I'll tell you, I was really, you know, really happy with uh, Owen Ling's uh, George Harrison in the seventies book. Um, yeah. He's got some, some opinions that people might not agree with, but I think that's one of the charms of, of the book. And I, I really uh, I'm proud of him. And, um, you know, we'll be talking with uh, Owen next year when in a new uh, Paul, you know, George relationship uh, series of shows uh, that we'll be doing next starting next year. But, um, you know, I think this is a, a worthy read. And, you know, you got to look at it. He's a younger than a lot of us. And so his, you know, his ideas and his perspectives are going to be a little different. So. Right. You know, I give him credit for, you know, taking that approach. Um, something I'll be mentioning later on in the show. Uh-oh. Oh, I think, um, I think Tom's freezing. This sucker right here. Oh, this, oh there you go. This <laughs> is, back. I, you know, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. Um, this Since 2016, when they made their Facebook page, I just was just you know dying to get my hands on on this book and uh what adrian uh adrian sinclair and alan cozen were able to do uh, with this book is just a revolution um it's it's well worth the read uh you can be any level of your fandom of mccartney you'll you can you'll get it you know there, it's not a hard read it, it it reads smoothly um and I cannot recommend this, this book enough. For me, this is uh, the book of the year, um, bar none, or hands down, I should say. And um, comes out uh, tomorrow as official, I guess, the official release day, Wednesday. Um, my co-host and uh, from Two Legs and my co-host here from uh, from Talk More Talk will be uh, there at the what the Grammy Museum to uh, or the Wednesday, I should say, right? Wednesday it's is Wednesday. Uh, the, yeah, Wednesday the fourteenth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The doors and, uh, open. Talk. Doors yeah, open yeah, at six thirty, and right. the interview starts at seven thirty at yeah. the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Right. Exactly. So, um, uh, now I'll talk about uh, the uh, interview we we did with both of them later on in the show. Uh, for the main, for the the fifth one, for release wise, um, is they're not they're not cheap, folks. And if you can get your hands on one of any of these books. I highly recommend it again. Um, and that's the f- uh, fourth volume in the A is for Apple uh, series. Now this is all about Apple, the business Apple, the, the musicians that were signed by Apple, you get memos, you, you get letters, you get uh, contracts, 
you, you get labels. It, it, these really are just amazing sessions. All things re regarding the Apple business. And this is just this is the fourth volume. <laughs> so, and look out, look out! All of these are just massive, over seven hundred pages of of info. And and you would think to yourself, are you seriously four books over seven hundred pages just on Apple? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what they're able to collect and and get from other people to to get in this book, it's mind blowing. Um, if you can get your hands on any of these. Yes, they're not going to be cheap, but you will learn a lot. So that's that. Um, yeah, my honorable, what's that? No, I'm just going to yeah. say that um, apart from all the releases that were on Apple, I'm sure that yeah. they tackled because I don't, I don't own it. I really wish right. I did, mm -hmm. but probably a lot of the artists that had music publishing deals and maybe yes, yes, have any yeah. records out. You know mm -hmm. that you find fascinating too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then uh, honorable mention, uh, I just started digging into this, but I just, you know, I wish the hate would end for this person. It's, mm. it's really got to stop. John loved this person. If you can't accept it, just don't say anything. And it's just that easy. And then it's this book right here from uh, what, uh, Mandolin. And it's, it's, you know, just getting in, like I said, just getting into it. And she's so passionate about about Yoko and you know, Ken's uh, interviewed her and, 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 and Joe is here and Joe's interviewed her and really just, you know, watch those interviews and, and get, you'll get a sense that she's more than just a whale or somebody that just wails on stage. You know what I mean? Or, or screams or whatever. You know, you unfortunately, she's unfortunately, just so Tom, much more than that. Well, I agree with you. There's too many people yeah. out there that just don't want to believe that. No, I, I know. I, I know. And it's unfortunate. It's, it really is unfortunate. But but this woman, yeah. Yoko, is an amazing individual. And the more I learn about I listen, I was a hater, too. I couldn't stand her, you know. But but then, you know what? You know, I kicked myself in the ass. I learned more about her. And now I admire her, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, she's really just a right. remarkable woman that just very misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. right. She deserves all the all the respect in the world, and and so does the author for for writing this book. So, uh, that's my honorable mention. Okay, is yeah. that everything? Yep, that's it. Okay, very good. Uh, Joe, how about you? Well, I think I'm going to go a, a little different direction here because in 2022. Um, I would say it was a little bit of a rough year for me personally. However, uh, one of the good things about it was that I wound up getting to see a, a, at least three Beatles, you know, mm -hmm. in person. And I'll get into that, which was my highlights first and foremost of the year. Well, first, we have Paul. I got to see Paul in June, you know, in the summer and, uh, you know, in concert again. He really impressed me again, you know, uh, just when I thought, well, maybe it's getting a little rough for Paul, which it sometimes does, you know, uh, vocally. I had a great time at the show. I, I met Ken there. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought it was a fine show at uh, MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. But even more of a treat for me was that before the show, we got to see Paul up close in a limousine which he drove right in front of us, not, came right up with the window open and waved at everybody. And that was a big deal to a, a you know, long time fan like myself. So I really treasure that memory. 
mm-hmm. but also, in addition to Paul, got to see Ringo and his all-star band in uh, New York mm-hmm. City at the Beacon Theater. And I went on a, uh, it was a beautiful June day, you know, sun was out. It was a perfect day. So nice that uh, I stopped by to see uh, the Dakota and Strawberry Fields before the show and, uh, you know, pay a little uh, memory to John, you know, going to Strawberry Fields. And it was nice before the show started. So I was able to do that. And then the show was, again, fantastic. You know, unfortunately, on my show, I believe uh, people were getting COVID in the band and Edgar Winter was not there. And I kind of miss seeing him. Mm. However, I'd seen him before, you know, doing mm. Frankenstein and so forth. So at least I, uh, I'd have gotten to see him. But that was a, another fine show again. And can we say what we always say? It's hard to believe Ringo's 82. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe Paul is is eighty for that matter. Matter right. they're, they're doing this, they're looking and uh, so well, and they're very vital and vital and uh, energetic. And then even George, I, I was happy near the end of the year. I got to see a concert for George on the mm-hmm. big screen. Yeah, it's, it's such a wonderful concert. I watch that at least once a year, sometimes twice on my DVD. Maybe I'll get the Blu-ray. You know. And it was great to be able to go into a, a theater to see that. It was the, the 20th anniversary mm. of the performance. So uh, that was good. So George got a little attention in there, too, which I thought was fantastic. And I also <laughs> had a, a bucket list dream come true when I, when I got to meet Pete Best, the, oh. uh, one of the you know, original drummers for, for the Beatles. And I had opportunities over the years, but it just never synced up right I, to meet him and i i said you know I, i'm gonna take a ride uh, to where he was you know it was a bit of a journey for me but it was still worth it to get to see him and get his autograph and talk a little bit and get a photo with him and all that uh so it was a real beetle year for me getting to, to interact you know see the beatles and three of the beatles you know so forth um and then as far as releases I mean, uh, what can I say? The mm-hmm. box set, the Paul McCartney uh, 80s uh, singles box, for 80 singles, not 1980s, 80 singles <laughs> that, that, that Tom so adequately talked about. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's terrific. And, you know, the, the, the sleeves are so cool, too, from uh, different countries. And it's such a good representation of his work. You know, probably... Last time I was that impressed was probably Pure McCartney, which kind of did mm. a good overall view of his career, you know. Mm. So, so that was really nice to get at the end of the year, you know. Uh, we can't that was, have that was yes. a, that was a shocker in a way. Yeah. We weren't expecting that yeah. at all. Yeah, it was we pretty heard, fast. Pretty we heard fast. there was going to be an announcement, so I think most of us thought it was going to be the archival right sets for yep. for London Town right. and Back to the Egg right. or another album, and hopefully. Hopefully we'll get those as well, you know, so isn't it? And of course, I got to mention Revolver, you know, the next big deluxe set, which was really exciting to get and gave me even more of an appreciation for that album, if if that's possible. You know, we did a show on that and I've done a few videos on it. It's just that you you take things for granted after a while and you just say Revolver's Revolver. We know it's a great album, Revolver, you know, what's to be discovered? 
But uh, when I was listening to it, I just started thinking, wow, they really were experimenting big time here. You know, it, it just really drove it home, especially when I was listening to all the bonus features, which are always the selling point for me. You know, the extras mm. that are on there. And uh, I'm going to give a, a nice nod to Ringo's latest EP, EP3, especially Free Your Soul. Yes. <laughs> which is a yeah. real <laughs> revelation. Oh, cool. Uh, I don't have mine ready yet. <laughs> so usually Tom's always ready. Yeah. Oh, oh there. Uh, oh, never, uh, never, uh, count him, never count him out. Never count him out. Don't call me out yet. Free my free yeah. your soul. Yeah, that was that was that was a real a real highlight. And I'm just glad, you know, Ringo is still still putting stuff out, you know, and good stuff too. Hmm. So um that's really my 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 highlights. And, you know, Tom mentioned uh, of course Old Wave Record Store Day, which also was on CD. Mm-hmm. You know, Kit, did you mm-hmm. ever manage to get a CD kit? No, I haven't gotten the CD. Got I felt terrible because my store had one more copy sitting in there oh. for like a couple of days, and then I went to you know I was going to get it for you, and it was sold. Oh shoot, that's you know? okay. But, I'll track um, it. Down. Yeah. You know, it was good because that album, you know, it was not really out in the U.S. on on uh, vinyl. Mm-hmm. So it was good to have a vinyl copy of that. And mm-hmm. Smoked brown well, vinyl, right. too, which <laughs> was, was, was fun. Brown yeah, smoke. That, brown, brown smoke, smoke color vinyl. <laughs> smoke colored and, you know, the, 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 the crappy thing is is that it, it, it wasn't included in the U.K. record store days. So the U.K. still hasn't gotten old wave yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah well and then yeah. and that's that's all she wrote on, on my list if things come to mind i'll uh, let you know during the show those are the what standouts for me okay yeah. it'd be ironic if i had the longest list when i was complaining that there wasn't that much <laughs> anyway. sounds like you might <laughs> <laughs> now i think kit might top me though and oh. you are you are next. Okay. Please. Well, yeah, mine mine is a combination of, of experiences and, and releases. Mm. Uh, number one, as as Joe and, and Tom have been talking about, yeah, seeing Paul live. Uh, and uh, and I almost didn't. Uh, so I have to give a shout out to Ed Chen who who nudged me and nudged me and said, Come on, you gotta do it. You know, and so uh, uh, met him uh, in Orlando and we, um, um, oh, and Joe's going to take a break. And so. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) I'm just joking. Let me interrupt again. Hold on. I'm just kidding. How can I forget something? (laughs) Just joking. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I got that too. I just took against live at the Greek <laughs> Theater from 2019 Ringo yeah. Star Record Store Day. That yeah. was also exciting. Of course, know? of course. There you go. I just thought of it. <laughs> yep. There you go. So, um, so anyway, so the uh, so seeing him in Orlando, um, and as everybody has been saying, you know, yes, he doesn't sound like he did in the 70s, but it was such a joyful concert i think part of it was and it was the case for me it had been the first concert i went to since the pandemic so and i think that may have been the case for some other people too because everybody was just ready 
to party. I mean, everybody was just having such a good time. It was a beautiful night, no pun intended. Uh, and <laughs> and there was, um, you know, and such a diversity of ages there. I mean, even more than I've seen at previous concerts. That was, That's what really struck me. I mean, the first time I saw him in 89, I was definitely, I was a senior in high school. I was definitely one of the youngest people there, no doubt about mm. it. Not at this show. I mean, there <laughs> was, I mean, it was like all different ages. I mean, you know, I was among, you know, the rare few that was younger at, at that 89 concert. Nah, there were tons of teenagers and 20-somethings, 30-somethings, I mean, and, and up. It, it was just so great to see. I loved it. Um, and, uh, and you know, the band was in top form as always. Um, got to meet up with uh, friends before the show that were having a tailgate party. Um, some of them I knew in person before. Others I only knew on Facebook. It was just, just such a joyful atmosphere. I loved it. So glad I did it. And so glad I splurged a bit on floor seats, which I'd never done before. So um, <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, it's a completely different experience on the, on the floor than, you know, in the, in the nosebleed seats, I will completely agree. Going to be hard to go back. Uh, but uh, in any case, that was hands down my favorite moment um, of, uh, of the year. Um, was also wonderful to finally um be have uh fests in person again mm. um you know yeah. that was yeah i mean so good to see everybody again um at the new york fest to see and and ken you were a big part of this mm. um to see uh even though it was on zoom peter jackson oh, yeah. and michael Lindsay hogg yep the, you know see them have that conversation two directors right just just shooting the breeze you know and hearing them talk about their craft uh and of course what they were doing i mean michael lindsey hogg um you know what the what he was going through uh directing let it be and then peter jackson of course going through all that film right. um to put together get back and and to hear peter jackson asking michael lindsey hogg now what did you do when you were you know just incredible i could have listened to that all day <laughs> <I'm sure. Yeah. laughs> despite I mean, all the success that peter jackson has had and yet he looks up to mm -hmm. michael lindsey hogg right you know? so um yeah, that was an incredible moment for sure. And uh, one of the greatest moments probably in the history of the fest. Yep. Having the two of them together. And uh, we all knew, uh, Darren DeVivo, myself, Tom Franjoon, mm -hmm. how well Peter Jackson can talk and talk and talk. You probably <laughs> just had to have one question ready between each of us, and oh. that would carry the whole interview. But once Michael Lindsay Hogg joined, we couldn't get a word in and it's like yeah, we didn't it. even want to bother just, just sit back the, and watch yes right. you know it was a really magical moment it, it really, really was. all you had to do was listening listen to your uh, things we said today episode and you can tell how much he <laughs> you know like to talk you know four hour episode i still can't believe that that even happened <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it just was incredible so it's just one of those moments where you just felt privileged to be there and, right. and just watch this you know you felt like a fly on the wall or something right. so 
definitely a moment I'll always remember. Um, and at the Chicago Fest, um, you know, meeting uh, George uh, Slaybaugh, who was a, uh, you know, great friend of Mal Evans. And uh, never forget, uh, you know, Peter Hicks, who's a good friend of uh, Ken Womax and is a big part of the, uh, Ken's book on Mel, uh, Mal Evans coming up next year, which I'm pretty sure we're all going to cite in 2023 as being one oh, yeah. of the big highlights. Um, but, uh, but to, you know, have uh, Peter Hicks come up and introduce her to me, and, and she was just the sweetest person. Um, she was a part of our 100th episode, in fact. Um, but, uh, but to have her say, you know, hey, do you want to see one of Bale's letters? And pull out this Ziploc bag and then, you know, pull out a letter and, and just hand it to me. And, uh, you know, and I felt like I should have gloves on or something. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just was like, really? And, and so, you know, and she hands me this, this letter. And I mean, it just, it was like holding history, uh -huh. you know, and in, in my hands. And I mean, I just couldn't believe I was holding this letter. And he's writing about saying, yeah, we're finishing recording Sergeant Pepper. Uh, you know, I'm writing this in the studio and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was, it was just incredible. I mean, you know, totally unexpected. Uh, just, just felt honored to be you know, holding this piece of history in my hands. Yeah. Uh, just another moment I'll never forget. And she is the nicest, nicest person. Um, you know, I just uh, so enjoyed meeting her and, and I'll, you know, always be thankful that she let me do that. You know, I mean, I, mm. I just was, um, you know, I will always, always be thankful. Um, so, okay, so that's three things. Uh, revolver box set, obviously a huge highlight. I've, I've been wanting them to do, give the box set treatment to revolver for a long time. And, uh, you know, didn't disappoint uh, on the whole. I know for much of the year, everybody's been you know, not everybody, but a lot of people have been arguing on Facebook about the mix and, uh, you know, on the, the, on the main album. And, and okay, you know, there are some things you can nitpick about. I, I nitpicked with everybody else. Hmm. But on the whole, I really enjoyed the set. The outtakes were a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, Yellow Submarine, uh, you know, the, the sequence where you got to hear how it developed. Wow. Right. I mean, that was a shocker. I mean, it really was. And even just hearing things like the backing track um, to Paperback Writer, where you just get to further mm -hmm. appreciate what a good band they were. You know, just things like that. Um, and that book that came with the set. Love the book. Mm -hmm. That the was, notes. Yeah. Notes are phenomenal. Yeah. First class. Yeah. I mean, absolute first class. So that was. Uh, definitely a highlight for me. Um, a real surprise for me this year, and I felt like it kind of flew under the radar, um, was the Harry Benson book, Paul. And I've really been hmm. talking this up because I, as I said, I just felt like it fell under the radar. And it uh, really great book. Uh, you all know Harry Benson, of course, uh, uh, you know, took iconic photos uh, of the Beatles. Well, he took photos of Paul as well. Uh, they continued collaborating in the 70s and, and up to uh, about the mid-90s, I, I guess. And there are some photos in this book that are just, first of all, it's beautiful. It's this big, oversized coffee table book. And um, some of the photos in it I had never seen. 
um, mm. and he took some great pictures uh, during the Wings Over America tour. And there's like, you know, this one photo I've, I've talked about that you just never see, like him backstage, Paul backstage kind of collapsed on a bench and he's just, you know, drenched in sweat. And, you know, it's after a show uh-huh. and, and he looks exhausted, you know, and Linda said to him, it's in a caption, uh, in in the book, uh, Harry Benson said, you know, Linda said to him, you know, Paul really trusts you because he would never let anyone take a picture of him like that, uh, you God. know, and see, and see him like that. And, you know, you just, and you don't see him like that right. very often, looking that vulnerable. And, you know, and you also get an appreciation for, wow, I mean, he really you just see how much he puts of him you know puts himself into a show and how much energy it takes i mean you know he's not a dancer or anything uh-huh. but uh but i mean you know how much energy it takes to do a you know almost three hour show i mean you know he was I mean, he just looked wrung out right i mean you know but so you further appreciate you know how much of a performer he is um so i i was pleasantly surprised uh, by this mm. book because you just think oh more pictures of Paul we've seen them all right no mm-hmm. you haven't uh, and <laughs> oh, so there's uh, plenty we haven't yeah, seen <laughs> exactly so that that was um, a, a very pleasant surprise uh, for me and uh, and uh, probably runner-up I think I've I think I've said five already so um, so runner-up for me is a documentary that came out um, on DVD uh this year uh the beatles in india yeah yep. Yep. yeah <laughs> excellent excellent mm-hmm. um you know it's a, one of those documentaries where you know you look at it you look at the title and you think oh another one about their you know studying under the maharishi you know no this is a spin on, yeah. on it um you know this is not only about the impact that india had on the beatles but it's about the impact that the Beatles had on India. Not India, right. yep. And it's fascinating. You know, it really is because they interview. There is some rare footage of the Beatles in India. You know, during their time studying there, but yep. they also interview musicians and and all, and they talk about, you know, just what impact their music had on them and their culture. I think you know one of the musicians said something about you know we were pretty uptight. Until we met the Beatles, <laughs> and and our culture really changed after that. Um, and so I love this film. I I just thought it it uh, that it presented both perspectives instead of you know simply focusing on the Beatles themselves. And and uh, I mean much needed you know right. perspective on on you know going you know, looking at both cultures. Really yeah. enjoyed it. Thoroughly recommend it. Okay. And it's really cool to see them go back to the location as well. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, that and, too. And to see the, you know, the home, the living quarters and, you know, how time has just, uh, you know, hasn't, yeah. it hasn't been kind to, to the, uh, you know, to the area. But uh, yeah, really but yeah, hasn't. great, great, great and, pick. That was going to be one of my picks too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm glad. There was, actual, glad like it. There was footage of the Beatles performing on top of the roof of the yeah. ashram there's no audio for it no but you still got to see them performing there it's just some stuff you never saw before definitely exactly yep so overall you know it was maybe there weren't 
the splashy kind of events like get back last year mm. but but still some really you know when you look back some pretty cool things happened some you know some yep. really exciting events and great books came out good documentaries so overall good year yeah you know, the, you know some places there was the uh theatrical showing of the rooftop concert yeah of get of get yep. back right yep went to that as well that was a good time yeah i just wanted to say because joe you mentioned the concert for george i got to see it locally here in new haven and i really enjoyed it but and i watched your video on it as well but my the, my um the theatrical showing here did not have the new introductions with oh, really? um, oh. olivia and danny so i didn't get to see that and it, was, really... it was very nice but it was it was short i mean uh -huh. it was very short but it was nice to have yeah and you do get to notice once you watch that showing how much is missing from the full concert mm -hmm. yeah yeah because yeah. even I you mean, pointed I... out yeah. the first thing that i noticed was towards the end when paul at the end of the concert makes that comment about it's funny how we all got older and george looked the same you know pointing to danny that was yeah. taken out that wasn't yeah, it's such a beautiful moment I'm yeah. surprised, you know, but mm -hmm. it's such an incredible concert to watch. And yeah. when you're, whenever you're dealing with a concert like this, where you have an all-star cast, kind of like, you know, Ringo and the all-stars too, there's so many incredible camera angles that you can have with different stars in the same shot, you know, Eric Clapton behind Paul or whatever. There's so many amazing musicians there on that stage. And it was shot so beautifully. Mm -hmm. I've always loved watching it. You know, I watch it on my DVD. I watch it every time it's on PBS. You know, it's one of the greatest concerts ever. And I'm glad that they, that they, you know, honored George on the 20th anniversary since the concert to show it in theaters. So, um, yeah, great list there, Kit. Great Thank list you. from everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just going to mention my, my top six and have, <laughs> have a few honorable mentions. I do want to bring up. EP three mm -hmm. for me, any, any new music at all from Ringo or Paul is an event, whether it's a full album or four songs from Ringo at this point, you know, we're dealing with two people who are in their eighties and they don't have to be doing anything. And uh, they're only doing what they're doing because they're still enjoying it. So for that alone, I'm grateful. And as Joe said, free your soul. <laughs> that song alone, because it's it's like a smooth jazz type song, and it's so different for Ringo, and it's very refreshing to hear that. And I love, you know, the production behind uh, his music. Um, I love how the drums are so upfront and everything that he's been doing in recent years, and um, I enjoy it. You know, I, mm. you can't ask for more. Obviously, I'd love to have a, an album every single year from Ringo, but if this is what he wants to do. Four songs, whenever he feels like it and puts it out at his own pace. Great. That's more to our benefit. But just grateful that he's still out there putting out new stuff. I want to mention the Jay Bergen book, oh, yes. and The Mobster and the Lawyer. You know, every now and then you need, and it's, and it's more difficult to find, you know, topics that haven't been explored. And this was all that lawsuit that Morris Levy had with with uh, with John Lennon over the song "Come Together" and and um, the copyright infringement case with John using that one line from "Come Together." He'll come on flat top. It was a really ridiculous thing that that John had to go through with 
with this court battle. And it, it puts into perspective, you think about it, what John had to go through in the 70s between dealing with the Beatle breakup, dealing with Alan Klein, uh, the immigration battles, and then he had to deal with this nonsense too. But the search uh, for Kyoko. Yep, mm. there's that. And uh, this book had the actual transcripts of everything John said in the court, you know, over this case. And um, I had the privilege of interviewing Jay Bergen three times this past year. Wow. On my YouTube channel uh, for the Fest for Beatle fans uh, on Zoom, uh, when it was the <laughs> Chicago one. And also on things we said today, and they were all great interviews. And uh, I understand he's going to be at the next fest as well. Yes. So, yeah. Oh, good. Yep. Yeah, he is. And he's an incredibly nice guy. I, yeah. I, I met him. I, I kept running into him at the Chicago Fest. He was in the author's room, same author's room. But it was weird. We just kept running into each other constantly. And he was just the nicest, nicest guy. He came up <laughs> right. and introduced himself to me. And I'm like, geez, I, I should be introducing myself to you. Uh, but, but he was doing that with everybody. Very sweet man. He was getting to know the Beatle family. Yes. <laughs> and the podcasters and all. So uh, yeah, it'll be good to uh, run into him physically for the right. first time instead of everything being on Zoom. Um, also, got to give a shout out to Chris Engelhart for his book, Fully Uncovered. I have mm -hmm. to admit that for the longest time, ever since... I own a copy of the book altogether now. Beatles side projects have been a fascination with me, uh, whether it's songs the Beatles wrote for other people, produced for other people, or performed on for other people. There's a whole other universe out there to explore. And some of it's worthwhile exploring. Some of it amounts to songs where if you weren't told that Paul was on this, you wouldn't know it. And then there are songs where there's a lot of involvement, where you can tell Paul had a lot to do with songwriting or playing on or producing it um every song has different levels of involvement or collaboration and there's a lot of incredible stuff that they're still doing you know to this day for other people how many times have we said ringo's drumming on one track for right. whoever <laughs> edgar winter colin hay steve lukather um so it continues. And Chris has been doing this for the longest time. This book, uh, Fully Uncovered, is really just a combination of the first two books he did and updating it. And um, he's the only one that's kept up with this yeah. since, uh, since all together now. Um, so I commend Chris for that. Also, um, I have to list Actually, my top three could all be number one. <laughs> They're all that great. <laughs> I, I combined, I cheated here, and I put Paul and Ringo's tours together. I had the chance to see Ringo three times this year. And um, even though you know I can complain about the set list over and over and over again, because there's so much great stuff that Ringo has in his catalog that he'll never pull out, and he tends to do the same songs. And um, same thing with the other band members. But... They're having fun. Ringo's having fun. That alone is worth, for that reason, to go and see the show. And the band is so incredibly tight. Yeah. I can't believe, yeah, I shouldn't say I can't believe. These are great musicians. The, the appreciation that, I, that I've gained from all these musicians, especially Steve Lukather, who blows me away with his guitar playing. That's you know, sure. he's such a versatile guitar player when he does Santana stuff <laughs> mm -hmm. or uh, whatever the whatever the songs are the the band is so amazing 
it isn't just the the people up front but warren ham who's who's kind of like along with he, he's sort of like the mark rivera uh, of <laughs> of the band right now and and of course greg bissonette and he does an incredible job on drums just watching ringo and greg drum together is a joy seeing how they look at each other analyzing the two of them seeing what ringo drums what greg drums and how all the band members compliment each other and they look like they're having a blast and i do believe they that they are and um you know every all-star band tour is a treat and uh you know just watching ringo smile throughout the whole thing is is good enough for me and uh if anyone has still not seen ringo live what are you waiting for you know <laughs> all the bands are just they're really all amazing and i got to see paul twice um as joe was talking about the metlife show joe and i got to hang out with his friend robert after the show and uh even though we've talked a lot about paul's voice for the most part he was fine and um again you're looking at a man who's 80 years old and he gives you a, a near three-hour concert um we were kind of hoping at MetLife that Ringo was going to show up, but that was at a time when they had the COVID problem within the band. So I guess for security reasons, you know, to play it safe, Ringo didn't show up. We got Bruce Springsteen there. We got Bon Jovi there. It was, it was quite an event. And the band is, you know, they can do this concert in their sleep. They've been doing it for so long, you know, for 20 years. And you know, the man puts on a three-hour show, and it's 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 so remarkable that he can pull this off. You know, I've said it many times. If you're 40 years old, it's draining <laughs> to be up there on stage for for three hours. I don't know how he does it. I really don't. So I'm just so grateful that Paul and Ringo are doing anything, whether it's uh, in the studio or live. And as long as I mention Ringo live, this is a tremendous release for CD, for DVD, and for Blu-ray as well. I was talking about the concert for George just now and the great camera angles. You get plenty of that in the, the DVD and Blu-ray for Ringo Live at the Greek Theater 2019. The mix of it's phenomenal. One of the things that I talked about with Joe Thomas, who's the, um, the producer for the audio and the video for Live at the Greek, is that sometimes when I'm when I'm watching a concert, I can't hear the balance of everything that well. Right. There are times when I when I couldn't hear Hamer Stewart sing, or in the case of Greg Raleigh, sometimes his Hammond organ playing is kind of drowned out. You don't hear it as well. But this, you hear everything. Oh, it's, it's such a treat to to uh, either listen to the audio or the video. And uh, yeah, big highlight is uh, live at the Greek Theater. And then, of course, you got to mention Revolver. Every Beatles box set is an event. Revolver was a big shock because we didn't yeah. see that coming. You know, we yeah. found out about it like, I don't know, a month or so before it was about to be released. And I'd been guessing for years and years, what about Magical Mystery Tour and Yellow Submarine? I thought that would be, you know, a logical follow-up. Uh, are they going to go back to the beginning with Please Please Me and work their way up? We didn't really know. <laughs> And uh, Revolver, I love all, you know, the outtakes. I wish there was more, um, you know, I did complain. <laughs> Those two <laughs> discs, you could fit on one, one disc, everything that's on there. But what's on there, there's so much worthwhile stuff. I especially love that other take, I've got to get you into my life without the brass in there. 
the demo of, of Love You Too and that take where George keeps playing the sitar and it keeps going and going and I wish it wouldn't end. Um, the evolution of Yellow Submarine, there's a lot of highlights in there. Um, and, you know, you gotta say the McCartney legacy, that could be the number one uh, mm -hmm. release of the year. Um, we just did an interview. Tom just did one with Andy, um, with Adrian Sinclair and Alan Cozen. It's an amazing book. You're going to learn so much stuff you never knew before about those years from 1969 through 1973. And, uh, you know, we'll probably talk about that more towards uh, the end of the show. A few honorable mentions. Thank you, Tom, for mentioning the Yoko Ono book from Madeline Baccaro. It's called In Your Mind, The Infinite Universe of Yoko Ono. It really is very important, I think, for any Beatle fan, because if you love John Lennon, you should understand why he loved Yoko and what it is that he saw in her. And even if you don't care for her music or you don't care for her art, it helps to understand what John saw in her. Mm -hmm. And what this book does, it's so detailed you get to know how her mind works. She doesn't think like the average person. She has a mind all of her own and extremely creative in so many different ways. And Madeline is a great speaker when it comes mm -hmm. to talking about Yoko and all the interviews that she's done. And this book is getting a lot of acknowledgement and I'm glad to see that happening. But um, really, if you, if you never understood Yoko, get this book. You'll know what she's all about. Um, also, uh, Julian Lennon released a, an album just recently called Jude. We haven't really talked about it here on this show, but all the songs are really good. Thing about Julian is that um, he's very meticulous about everything that he does. He takes his time. This is his first new album in, I think it's 11 years now. And uh, some of the songs are old songs from the 80s around the start of his career. He's touched up some of those songs. He's got some new songs in there and he's got great melodies and great lyrics and it's produced extremely well. And, uh, you know, I really think it's a solid album all the way through. And um, it's just a shame that doesn't get exposure really on the radio. Um, also, Bruce Spizer. Thanks, thanks, Ken. Now I'm gonna be singing Donna Summers on the radio all night long. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, that's a good song. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Donna Summer should not be forgotten. Great song. That's true. Should not. Um, Bruce Spicer's book for the year, Rubber Soul to Revolver. Had the chance to interview Bruce without Sussman this year. Another one of his top quality books, talking in detail about the songs, talking about fans' reactions to those two albums. Also, the Yesterday and Today album in between there and the Butcher cover and people's mm -hmm. experiences with that. It's a lot of fun reading that book. Um, one book that we only mentioned briefly here, and I kind of wish I could just get the authors on my YouTube channel, is The Beatles' Fab Four Cities. That's mm -hmm. with Richard Porter and David Bedford and Susan Ryan. It's all the major locations, um, Beatle locations that you can find in Hamburg and London, Liverpool and New York City. I'm hoping to get the authors together or maybe individually on my YouTube channel. All right, it's really, it's very detailed. So many places you may never have heard of before and uh, all from those four locations. 
And finally, Top of the Mountain, the Beatles at Shea Stadium, 1965. Really tells you the whole story, how the whole thing happened about Sid Bernstein, how he contacted Brian Epstein and asked him if, you know, if he could handle promoting the Beatles here. And he did the, uh, the two shows at Carnegie Hall, everything that led to Shea Stadium, and also interviews of people who were there uh, during that concert and celebrities who were in the audience. It's a good, fun read. So all together, you know, that alone, <laughs> and there was plenty. You know, it's very easy to overlook a lot of that stuff. Light year, huh, Ken? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have to name every little thing. <laughs> well, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't name every little every thing. Every little thing. All right. Nice fix. So, uh, nice fix, Ken. Good fix. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. So let's uh, carry on with part two of the show. And we're going to talk about this baby right here. Mm-hmm. I want to it's be Santa boy. Claus. Right. And you know, that's that's crazy that you've got that. I mean, that must be the original because I've this yeah. the one that I have is, is the, oh, it's the original. I don't fool around. Uh, master uh, is, the yeah. But you know, the funny thing is, is I just I just purchased it off of eBay, so I should have it any day now. That one. But but it's you know, it's, it's I think this is exactly the same track list and everything. It is. I think I, it is. You no, know, it's just, just it weird. This doesn't, this doesn't have that cheesy yeah. 20th century logo on it. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> yeah, they but then that, This it. doesn't have the, yeah, this doesn't have the Ringo Starr, I want to be Santa Claus on. The, yeah, I think I know, read they reissued it yeah. in right, like right, 2009. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, nope. two, yeah. it's uh, 2003. Three. Oh, three. Yes. Okay. I was yeah. so happy that we got the finally got it on vinyl too. Yes, fairly recently, uh, a couple a year or two ago. I don't remember when this was, but um, they're not on colored vinyl. Some people might think they are. They're black, just black, not you know green or red, which would have been nice. Black for coal, which you're going to be getting in your stocking this year, Joe. Not me. <laughs> not me. Why? Because I'm honest. <laughs> Not me. Far from it. No, I'm teasing. I know you're teasing. So uh, this album came out in 1999. This was in between, if you're going by studio albums, in between Vertical Man and Ringo Rama. It was recorded in September of 1998 and also March through September of 99 in uh, a whole number of different studios, plenty of them in the UK. And also, uh, what in the, what the, studio <laughs> in los angeles uh, a very unique concept this was because it was half uh original songs and half traditional songs mm-hmm. and uh but it was a brilliant idea um so some of the songs if you never heard this album before some of the songs that you're going to know the traditional songs would be Winter Wonderland, Little Drummer Boy. Well, he had to do that one. He had to. <laughs> <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He does do Christmas Time is Here Again, the Beatles song. Blue Christmas and White Christmas. And then he mixes that with all new songs that Ringo co-wrote with various members of uh, the Roundheads. Mainly Mark Hudson. And um, yeah, Steve Dudas is in there, Jim Cox, uh, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people. Um, yeah, so let's just start by talking about when this album first came out, were you aware of it? You know, because I'm sure it didn't get that much coverage outside of 
maybe a Beatles radio program. Mm -hmm. You know, for yeah. someone like myself, I tend to think that, you know, without writing it down, I probably found out about this from Beatles Monthly or a Beatle fan, you know, or a local Beatles radio show. Um, but how did you guys find out about this? Did you get this when it first came out? Kit? I did not. I did not get it when it first came out, but I, I vaguely remember hearing about it probably through Beatle fan. That's uh -huh. that's my that's my guess. Um, but uh, you know, the the promotion on this was terrible. I mean, hmm. it really was. In fact, I read Ringo left Mercury after this because the promotion was so bad. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's a shame because it's it's a fun album and uh, it should have gotten more promotion. But uh, but no, I, I didn't get it when it first came out. And and as I said, I, I vaguely remember reading about it in Beatle fan. But that's that's about it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Tom, how about you? Yeah, um, not when it first came out in 99, but uh, when I lived in Chicago, first few years I was there, there I was right off of Michigan Avenue, and they had a big, huge Virgin megastore um, there, and that store's got everything, um, and that's where I did end up getting uh, this reissue of of uh, I want to be Santa Claus or whatever you want to call it, um, and yeah, so it was a few years later, but uh, picked it up and uh like like kit i i think it's a it's a fun one but i'll get more into detail when we get to that <laughs> okay yeah joe how about you yeah yeah well i did get it when it first came out but uh, i don't remember how i heard about this at the time because i didn't have a computer yet and i don't think the internet was much of a thing in 1999 I, maybe it was but i didn't have a computer probably you know being it was a still fan, Still dial up, you know. Yeah. That, you know uh, all the I old, didn't. I didn't have days. a computer. <laughs> yeah, I think two thousand. I got my first one. But you know, you hear, you always heard these things, you know, one way or another in the Beatles circle. But I, I you know, I can't remember where I got it. You know, I, I, I want to say, uh, was it was it like Virgin that mega store or something? I don't mm -hmm. know. I went into a store and I, you know, I found the CD. It was not heavily uh, promoted. You know, really. Just if you were in the Beatle circle, you knew about right. it. Right. And uh, I was happy to get it, you know. And, uh, you know, I'll I'm talk sure, about uh, my feelings on it as we go. I'm sure Mark had it in his uh, Beatle fan catalog when it first came out, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I probably saw it in there. That's true. That's probably where else I saw it. Well, I don't remember struggling to get it. But, you know, I, I'm always aware of the new releases as they happen somehow. somehow. <clears throat> so um, probably a local store near me, I picked it up. But I've always been very pleased with this album. And I often wish that the Beatles did more for Christmas. And of course, we've got the classics. We got Happy Christmas and Wonderful Christmas Time. And in more recent years, Paul covered the Christmas song. But Ringo... Mm -hmm has been the only one to put out a full Christmas album, which is, uh, you know, I thought it was a great idea. I did an interview with Mark Hudson several years ago, which is on my website where we talk about the Christmas album. And Mark said to me, Ringo really loves Christmas. And he always wanted to make a Christmas album. So, but the whole idea of making it half and half the way, the way uh, they did it was really brilliant. Um, I gotta tell you, you know, I'm so pleased with this album 
the way that it came out because it was executed really well. The original songs, I think, are pretty strong, especially side one uh, with, with the title track to I Want to Be Santa Claus and uh, Christmas Eve, uh -huh. uh, which I think should be a classic. Those two songs, really. I can't imagine anyone that's a Beatle fan if they heard those two songs not loving it really i mean christmas eve if you love the sound of ringo um with a song like good night you know very gentle delivery in his vocals and orchestration like that uh christmas eve is such a gorgeous song it, it would be a standard you know if it was played a lot i really do think so i mean if, if it was placed on a beatles album and it sounded exactly like christmas eve does it would be a classic, I think, for Christmas. But um, let's just talk about what what your favorite moments of the album are. Is it a combination of the originals or the covers, or do you like one more than the other? Hmm. Are you more pleased with the with the original songs, or do you just I, you know? Tom, I'd, I'd, I'd say I'm 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 happy that he's. You know he's got we've got new songs in here okay don't get me wrong i don't want to sound negative on the new songs um I, I i think the covers suit him a lot better um here um however with the, with the new ones the, the 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 new songs i i think they tend to run a little too long i i don't think you should have a five minute christmas song i i just you know, I, I think Christmas songs should be, you know, three and a half or less, you know, that, but that's just me. Um, I think when you when you start dragging into like the four and a half, five minute, it's, I think it maybe just goes a little long, but that doesn't mean they're bad songs. That just mm. maybe just maybe just go on a little too long. But but no, don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you can't have you can't Ringo couldn't do this without having the little drummer boy on this. Don't get me wrong. I mean, right. And and I'm very glad that he brought um uh, Christmas time is here again. I thought that was really cool for him uh, to be a part of that. And then, you know, listening to it again, and I'll just say this about this one song. Um, you know, he, he's going, he's singing, he sings, Oh, you T spells out. And I'm going, Where the hell have I heard that before? Where, where have I heard Oh, you T spells out? And I'm like, Oh, were they playing Queenie Eye when they re recorded this song back yeah. in '60? <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah, I, it, it's, but it is fun. I mean, I, I get, you know, Ringo is, I think he's youthful, always been youthful. Or maybe even maybe like childlike. So I can see him doing a Christmas album where I don't necessarily know if I could see George pulling off a Christmas Christmas album for some weird reason. But uh, but no, I think, like you said, Ken, I think this was well planned, well executed and, and done very tastefully. I can hear Paul do a Christmas album. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, we could do Paul doing any kind of record, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what what songs do you think well i mean long? listen i mean dear santa's over five five minutes okay mm. and and it maybe just goes a little too long and especially if there's there's some songs that end with like that orchestration uh that yeah. can go on for like 20 30 seconds Not, and you know and they're they're playing around like that opening orchestration that you hear at the beginning of sergeant pepper you know what i mean mm. and then so I mean it's a very Beatley record as well. I mean if you can't hear the Beatle influence in this record, then you don't know the Beatles. Uh, right. But uh, but yeah, again, but we talked about that before, right? With Mark Hudson years. I mean those records yeah. are very Beatley. Well, you know Mark Hudson's attitude was you're a Beatle, you know be yeah. proud of it, 
and uh, for some fans, they loved it. For some, they felt he went overboard. So everybody has their own opinions about that. Right, right. So, but yeah, still the mixture of, of the two, you know, I, yeah. I, I really, you know, I like the combination because I like the way he does covers. And most of mm-hmm. the, the original songs, I think, are really strong. Kit? Yep. Yeah, I mean, for me, the the covers worked uh, the best. And I like that they didn't do just straight covers. I mean, that they didn't just do an exact replica right. that they mm. put their own spin on it like uh winter wonderland has kind of a mm-hmm. almost like a new orleans feel like kind of if you yes. know uh kind of if uh, fats domino were to do winter wonderland you know really uh really enjoy it and you know at the end when they had that coda that you know we were walking you yeah. know i mean yes. that was that was yeah, great, that was great. Yeah. love that yeah. uh i mean little drummer boy i thought ringo killed it i i loved it. and i and i this is probably one of to be honest, one of my least favorite carols. Uh-huh. I, I just always found it repetitive. But I mean, this is this was great. I mean, you know, I mean, and you knew Ringo had to do it. But right. uh love his drum breaks. Oh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. music drops out. Uh loved it. I mean, I never thought Little Drummer Boy could rock this hard. I just I I loved it. Mm. Um, I loved in uh, uh Rudolph. Uh, red nosed reindeer that they even left uh ringo made a mistake i love that that they left it in and uh you know he's saying santa i mean rudolph and starts laughing it was great i mean that was the spirit i mean it was great spirit of the album you know uh and uh how great that they did uh, a version of Christmas time is here again, you know, longer. Mm-hmm. And I thought, please leave in OUT spells out. I'm like, no. oh, please do it. Please. Do. And didn't disappoint. Um, right. You know, and, and, uh, and how interesting, and I should have added this with a um, uh, little drummer boy bagpipes. Yeah, you know, and they added. Yeah, the I heard that too. Matter of fact, I wrote that touch. down in my in my notes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought, what a what a cool touch. I mean, it works. You know, really works, and uh, and Blue Christmas, of course, because this is a Ringo album, you got to have some country, and yep. <laughs> uh, doesn't disappoint. Mm. Uh, you know, love the pedal steel guitar, and you know, as we've talked about many times on this show, uh, Ringo really can do country, and yep. uh, and it works. Um, and uh, and then another thing we've learned is that uh, he loves his reggae, and so White Christmas does it as a reggae very interesting it's one of those i'm not quite sure it's one of these i i i haven't decided if it works or not but i Mm. i give them i i applaud him again for not just doing a carbon copy of every other white christmas version we've heard you know he's putting his own spin on it and i and i applaud him for that um the uh the new songs were a bit i kind i I have to agree with you, Tom, like Dear Santa, that went on too long for me. Um, you know, I thought I liked the fifties feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did yep. like that. I thought, boy, all they need is the sha la 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 kind of uh, backing <laughs> vocals, you know. That was right. fun. But yeah, a little too long. Little too mm-hmm. long. And uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna throw tomatoes at me, Ken. I did not like Christmas Eve. I just oh. that did not work for me. That just did not. How come? It's just tomatoes. I, well, the tomatoes. Yeah, tomatoes. <laughs> I I just found it dreary, uh, and and I just didn't think it went anywhere for me. I I I just you know kind of it was another one that was a little long, uh, 
uh, yeah, for me. Yeah, but but luckily it picks up like in the middle segment. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's mm -hmm. kind of slow, but but then it does pick up, and I did kind of enjoy that. But then it goes back to you know being a slower tempo. But yeah, I and I mean, Silent Night slow too, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I get what he was trying, and I get what he was doing because he was trying to, you know, to to change the mood and do a ballad. No, I I totally get that, you know, totally get it, but um, it it just didn't click for me. I I just uh, I don't know. Maybe it's you know we've talked about this before about Ringo and ballads, but that sometimes you know, right, Ringo his ballads don't always work for for some people and you know this just didn't do it for me did but, you did you like I, like i mentioned before i always think of i always think of good night yeah you know mm -hmm. did you did you like the beatles recording of good night i like good night better than this for sure hmm. yeah i mean good night i don't know i think i like the orchestration on it better i thought maybe here it was a little overdone whereas i think good night was much more because george martin really knew how to score you sure. know orchestration and, and you know and that was really elegantly done and maybe here it was a little you know over the top but uh maybe if it had been a little more restrained maybe that would have helped um but uh but really that's the only song that i i didn't particularly care for because the the other ones um you know and particularly the covers i i really enjoyed you can throw this album on it at, at your christmas party uh -huh. and and this is i mean this will get the party started i mean it's a it's a <laughs> fun fun album you know should have should have gotten a lot more promotion than it did right mm. i agree mm -hmm. okay well, I'd love to comment on so much of what the two of you have said so far, but I'll let Joe have the next. Yeah. I'll, I'll comment on a few things. I'll comment on a few things they said so far. I was biting my tongue on some of them. So now it's my turn. Okay. Uh, well, the first thing is I'm just so glad that this album exists at all because right. yeah. the, the novelty of having a Christmas album by any of the Beatles to play every year is fantastic. Would have been nice if Paul had done one. Uh, at some point, preferably mm -hmm. a while ago, you know, uh, decades ago. But uh, now we have Ringo's. And uh, I, in my opinion, I think Ringo's having, sounds like he's having a great time. He's mm -hmm. enjoying this. Yes. Having a good time. That comes through, for, on the, especially on the more, you know, fun songs, fun songs you know, zippy songs. Um, I have to disagree, though. And, and, and uh, While I'm glad that they're doing two different kinds of songs here for Christmas, traditional and, you know, original. I think I like the originals a, a little better. I appreciate both, mm. but mm -hmm. I, I, I appreciate the original songs and it starts right away with the rocking, come on Christmas, Christmas, yeah. come on, which mm -hmm. I love. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't sound, you know, it's not traditionally like a Christmas song, but I have that on my personal Christmas uh, CD that I put songs on. That's the one I picked from here. The only thing that, irks me when I hear it is I wish they had put jingle bells rattling it you know okay. kind of at certain points I think at the very end they used them but if it would have been like come on Christmas you know Christmas right. come on I would have liked it much better with jingle bells added to give you that Christmas feeling but I, I think that's it. an you know it's an interesting approach I think you know having a all-out rocker like that to open it so I love that um and then I want to be Santa Claus. I think is just the real, 
a cute song and I, I mm-hmm. it kind of fits Ringo. You know, yeah. Ringo, you know, I'm Santa Claus. I'm gonna give the gifts to everybody, you know. I kinda like I hear that song sometimes on the on the radio around Christmas or in a store or something. I've come across yeah. I've heard that. A not supermarket. This year. In a you supermarket know, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah I, I I've heard it, but not not like I think I was trying to think out of this album if there was gonna be one Ringo song that kind of signifies his Christmas uh spirit or just like you hear wonderful Christmas time and happy Christmas from Paul and John. What would be the, if there was one Ringo song, what would you want to hear mixed in every year? Maybe that one. I want to be Santa Claus. Uh, Christmas Eve. Um, I, I just, I just find it very like uh, peaceful and kind of like set in a, a nice tranquil mood. Um, I like the difference, especially because the way this is on the album, it's the end of side one, I'm noticing. And mm-hmm. It kind of like keeps you taking it down a little bit, the party, and just chilling out and trying to imagine a fire on and, and you know, chestnuts roasting, maybe. And you have just a nice, <laughs> easy going time. I remember in a nice uh, Christmas Eve, maybe with somebody close to you. So I like that. One song that I didn't hear anybody mention, it opens up side two on the album, is the Christmas Dance, mm. which yep. uh, <laughs> that's yeah. complete lunacy that I love. I just, <laughs> it's, it's so much, it's like a hoot nanny, like square dance at the Christmas dance. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I, I'm winging this whole thing. I haven't, yeah. I don't have notes. I'm doing it from memory. That's I'm going to give this a listen, though, after the show for reasons I'll talk about at the end of the show. Uh, and uh, I just remember at the end he's doing this hilarious long note. He's trying to hold. Yeah, he's trying to hold a note. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like <laughs> that's funny again if you take it in the right spirit. By the way, I should mention my girlfriend said, "Don't you dare mention this." My girlfriend can't stand this album. You know. Oh no! When we first got together, like many years ago, I played this in the car, and she's, you know, she's like traditional, and she likes perfect singing and pitch and everything. And she says, "This is not Christmas music. This is not Christmas music." Well, around here it is, babe. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way it is here. I think Ringo said something like that once when he's been interviewed, or at least a couple of times. it's the biggest uh, hit in our house when he talks about his new album or something. Mm-hmm. I heard him say that a couple of times. You know, it is in our house or something like that. Anyway, so, yeah. and then uh, Dear Santa, you know, I'll tell you, when Tom was saying the songs are, uh, or, or, I don't like like a long song or here. I didn't I, 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 I was trying to think, I, I mean, I don't have it. I don't know these all perfectly, but I didn't, rem- I didn't remember a song that was long in my mind, but uh, even Dear that Santa, it's been a while since I mm-hmm. played it. Mm-hmm. It ain't been around since last year, probably. <laughs> so uh, I probably, I don't remember it being long. I, I got to listen for that. I'll listen for right. that. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, I uh, I have fun with the original. As far as far as some of the covers, Winter Winter Wonderland's okay. Um, Little Drummer Boy, you had to do it because Ringo, you know, putting a rock rock drum on there for Ringo. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to do it. Joan Jett did a little drummer boy. 
She's not a drummer, but if Joan, oh, Joan Jett could do it, <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> Joan Jett, but Ringo, Ringo should do it if, if Joan Jett could do it. You mm-hmm. know, now Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, look, I said this is fun, and I, I like Ringo. Like I said, stretching the note at the end of the Christmas dance, and he's having a grand old time, everybody. But I take issue. I don't like the mistake. It drives me berserk really? that they I left think it's that fun. in. I just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can't like fix that, you know. Um, I don't know. You know so, the mistake uh, is, uh, times, is, yeah, you know, when when he wants Everybody's to be loose. Different. Sometimes yeah. I like mistakes in a song. Sometimes and I don't. You know what? Actually, the best part, the best part I liked on that was then when he's doing at the end where he's singing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. The last one he goes Ringo the Red Nosed yeah. Reindeer. I just Ringo. love that. He's, he's very it's so cute. Very, yeah, yeah very ad I don't know. I just thought it was unprofessional. I, I mean, I, and I, like I said, sometimes I like mistakes, but for whatever reason, I don't care when he goes. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, you know, Santa came to say, right? He said, Santa. No, he didn't. He said, Rudolph. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's funny. I get it, but I, I, I don't know. I just don't like it in there. Don't ask me why. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't work for me. Um, and what else can I say? Um, Christmas time is here again. Yeah. You know, nice that he did that, paying tribute to the the Beatles, Diddy, and uh, yeah, that O U T spells out. We always wondered why Ringo said O U T spells out when they uh, when they did the Christmas yeah. song, the, yeah. the Christmas messages. Now we know, right? It's Queenie yeah. Eye. That's <laughs> probably where that comes where that comes from. Maybe, White, yeah, maybe. Uh, White Christmas. Um, I I gotta listen to that again. I. I'm glad he's trying something different with it, like you were saying. I think Kit was saying. Uh, yeah. But um, I don't know if reggae-ish. And I like a lot of the reggae stuff Ringo does. I love mm-hmm. so much of it. But I don't know. I I, I got to give that one another listen. I don't remember. It's kind of an awkward sound for that particular song. It, it's not bad. I don't find it bad. Just a little... I don't know, just too different from what I'm used to hearing in the Christmas time, I guess. I think that's I the main thing. You know, white yeah. Christmas is so ingrained in, a, in our minds yeah. of like what it's supposed to be. That in, yeah. And this is so different that it's just like, I don't know. Do, is this, do I well, like this? I wouldn't want a ballady one from Ringo. I wouldn't want him singing. Right. Oh, dreaming. Yeah, I wouldn't I want mean, that. You don't want him doing Bing <laughs> Crosby, think, trying to do Yeah, Bing I don't Crosby. think that way. I know Bing Crosby in this case. Although, because no. Elvis did a version of White Christmas that was also kind of bizarre. Uh, you got to hear oh, it. Oh, right. You know, huh. It was like, that was kind of a little bizarre. Mm-hmm. And the last track is, I'm drawing a blank. I don't think I really care for the last track. I got to listen to it again. I think that's mm. probably the only song that i'm not that wild about i remember not being that crazy about it very repetitive yeah it's very repetitive and a very indian Indian oh yeah 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 um but no you know so i i mean yeah overall uh you know i i'm so glad this this is this is here Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what i can say you know and uh something that if you want you can play every year you know uh, when you're in the mood so that's me done. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you said that, Joe, because I say it every year whenever mm-hmm. I'm on the radio. I'm glad to be playing anything from this album because you're not going to hear it anywhere other than on a Beatles show, if you're lucky. Right. Um, although we did say 
you know, Joe, you were talking about. There have been times I've heard the song I want to be Santa Claus in a supermarket. You know, you never know when you're going to hear, especially solo Beatles stuff, I will hear once in a while in a supermarket <clears throat> with the PA. But um, yeah, this is for the most part a very enjoyable album for me. Um, I might like the originals more than the covers. Um, and I do like the fact that it that it starts off with a rocker with Come On Christmas. Mm -hmm. And um, in the interview that I did with Mark Hudson, you'd find this interesting, but Ringo was talking to Mark about how much he loved um, Gary Glitter and Rock and Roll Part Two and the whole sound of that record. And so I guess this was their way of kind of creating that. I always oh. thought of, of Come On Christmas as sounding almost instant karma-ish uh -huh. in my mind anyway, but uh, they were kind of going for a sound like that with Gary Glitter. And, you know, you hear a lot more of the drums there after the the uh, vocal lines. So, um, yeah, I love the whole sound of that. And I think it's a good song to kick off the album with. Winter Wonderland, you mentioned New Orleans. When I hear that piano at the very beginning, it reminds me of Rockin' Pneumonia and the Boogie Woogie Flu. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's got that kind of a feel to it. And, uh, you know, I think you said, Kit, you know, how you liked he mixed the song I Was Walking at the end of that. And and that's one of the oh, things I'm not, that excuse I... Excuse me, I'm not wild about that either. I know it's a tribute. Oh. It's a tribute. I know it's a tribute. Now to his, I'm throwing to, tomatoes. I, I, excuse me. I, I know it's a tribute to, to his song, you know. You know, but, you know, again, I don't know. Is that, I'm just, it's just Christmas songs. I don't know. I just don't throw that in there. Well, you know, the whole idea of this album is that it's fun. Yes, you know, I said that's, that. Yeah, and uh, you know, and <laughs> the other works. songs are still fun, even though I don't like those those two things. I, there's a lot of fun on there that I'm that I will, will be happy to mention. Okay, well, Winter Wonderland I think works really well for Ringo, especially in this arrangement. And um, I want to be Santa Claus to me should be a standard Christmas song. It really has a Harry yeah. Nilsson vibe to it melodically and all and um you know mark was telling me that they were always thinking about harry in the studio for certain songs and um really a very beautiful simple melody that works very well very catchy and um yeah uh i really love the title track right there and little drummer boy what what no one mentioned was as soon as i heard that for the first time it's like it starts just like back off boogaloo Mm. Oh, you know, yeah. and oh. uh, yeah, a lot of you get to hear Ringo do a lot of fills mm -hmm. on the drums there uh, on that particular song. And it, uh, you know, it works with the bagpipes as well. So, uh, yeah, really like that. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer works extremely well for Ringo. You can hear him sing it even before you, you hear the record. You know, it's just his voice is very suitable for that kind of a song. Um, and Christmas Eve, like I said before, I just think it's an absolutely exquisite song. I have no problem with Ringo's uh, ballads. And, you know, I, I didn't really feel that any song went on too long on this album. Maybe Dear Santa, but even still, you know, I think everything was just right with Christmas Eve. Sometimes when Ringo has that really soft delivery, like he does on Good Night, or the, the song Easier For Me which is a Harry Nilsson song that was a ballad on um, Goodnight Vienna. 
you know, I love that stuff. We talked about as far as we can go from old wave. Mm -hmm. I love, I love that song a lot. Um, you might think it's overproduced Christmas Eve. I think it works really well. Um, in fact, Jim Cox, who's a member of uh, the Roundheads, who plays a variety of instruments, he should get a lot of credit for this album because he did a lot of the orchestrations and right. uh, for the strings and uh, the arrangements for for horns on certain songs. Um, Keyboards too. Yep, he, yeah. he plays a lot of different instruments. Jim Cox, um, that, yeah. and Steve Dudas, of course, great guitar work. And I I love Christmas Dance a lot. It really does remind me of 1965 Ringo and um, the song um, I Don't Believe You from mm. Time Takes Time has that feel to it. You know, it's like a what goes on type of feeling to it. Although, uh, which which one of you said it's like Ringo at the Hootenanny? <laughs> which, uh, it does feel like that. And it's oh, the Wilbury Twist, maybe. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, having a Wilbury twist. That's okay. that's my favorite. This might be my favorite song on the whole album, "The Country Dance." Actually, oh. yeah, Christmas dance, mm. and and not only that, but I I think that the the way that the song ends is clever because it ends cold and then it becomes a waltz with strings. Mm. So that was a nice added touch that was put in there. Um, you know, "Blue Christmas" is nice with a country arrangement, and we all know how suitable Ringo is for country mm -hmm. and I like what you said kid about white Christmas the fact that it's so different yeah. uh, you know it's 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 a funny thing we grew up on this traditional Christmas music it's so ingrained in us to hear Bing Crosby sing white Christmas and so many other people because it's such a great song cover that song but I think if a song is truly great it can lend itself to a lot of great arrangements um and such is the case with something like white christmas right you know and even like uh, where did our love go on the bad boy album <laughs> thank yeah, you yeah no 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 has 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 timothy's has timothy b smith ever been on the uh, on the all-star uh tour yeah yeah in the very beginning yeah, he, the first oh, he did, wasn't, tour, okay. i think yeah with, all right um yeah with joe walsh so you had okay so he was okay two members of the eagles there yeah, yeah, Timothy B. Schmidt does backing vocals on several of the tracks yep. here on the album. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I love most of this album. And I, I do like the last track. How do you pronounce it? Pax Um Biscum, Peace Be With Something You. Something like that. It's yeah. kind of like, it's, it's slow and simple and kind of, like you said, Indian, uh, Tom. Sort of reminds me of riding into Jaipur in a way. Riding into Jaipur. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Dear Santa has that, you said 50s, it's kind of like an oh darling kind of feel to it. Mm -hmm. But it's a great melody. The the background harmonies here uh, on this album are outstanding. The Roundheads are such a great band. Also yeah. gotta mention something, you know, when you look at the the notes here, all the liner notes or or all the credits actually <laughs> on the original. I mean, if, you, if you're older, like I am, uh, you need a magnifying glass to read everything. <laughs> but um, I was happy to see that Mark Hudson's brothers are on the album. I noticed I mean, that. Yeah, so imagine what a trip. I mean, the Hudson brothers are such big Beatle fans, all 
all three of them. What a kick it must have been for them to be on a Ringo album together, mm. you know? So, um, yeah, overall, I just, I, I really think this is a, a very strong album. I do feel like side one, if you're looking at it vinyl wise, is stronger than side two, but it's, it's chock full of so much great stuff. Like we said, mixture of original and traditionals. And um, for anyone that's never heard it before, pick it up and you can you can listen to it on YouTube. Yep. You know, there's no reason on this. I can't imagine any Beatle fan not liking this. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's just true. impossible. You, you, there's going to be songs on here that you're really going to dig. Absolutely. So, and as I said, go. if you're having a party, if you're having a holiday yeah. party, put uh -huh. this yep. on. I mean, it is just so much fun. And and Ken, I was thrilled when you talked about um, Gary Glitter and Rock and Roll Part 2. I, uh -huh. I mean, I'm thrilled because when I first put this on and that song, the first song came on and I thought, God, this sounds like Gary Glitter. I, you know, <laughs> and, I, and so I'm vindicated. <laughs> yeah. I'm thrilled. I was just, I, I just remembered one thing that, uh, that um, was covered in the interview I did with Mark Hudson. And it's something that, always sticks out in my memory and I put it into my radio show um, where Christmas Eve is concerned there's a line there that Ringo wrote um, I see your presence by the tree and he didn't hmm. mean gifts <laughs> right he meant your aura hmm. so it had like sort of like a double meaning there the, very yeah, clever presence, what, yeah. what uh, yeah I love that yeah. I always think I like about the, that uh... Yeah, no, I'm just, go ahead and finish. No, I, that's that's one of the many reasons why I love that song. Yeah, I, I would like to give a shout out to uh, I think his name's uh, pronounced JD Mans uh, on the pedal steel guitar, especially on Blue Christmas. Mm -hmm. uh, the pedal steel guitar is an instrument that I've just grown to love uh, over the last 10 years, and just you know, maybe even thinking about trying to play it or, or something uh -huh. like that but uh but it's it's uh he does a masterful job uh you know we talk about people like pete drake and 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 others lloyd green i think uh, was the other one um yep yeah um but yeah he does a fantastic job especially on blue christmas on the pedal steel guitar yeah and, and christmas time is here again is enjoyable you know i i've usually kind of bash the song only because to me it's just the chorus repeated over and over and over yeah. again it's not a full complete right. song it works really well and the beatles christmas message you know mixing that you know with their comedy and stuff um yeah but as a full song you know it's it's not really complete to me but it's you know such an infectious hook mm. you gotta love it and actually joe perry is on that yes, uh, recording he does a, oh, yeah. uh, a lead guitar solo in there so yep. um plenty of reasons to pick up i want to be santa claus there you go uh, hey ringo do some do some more do, do a christmas ep okay <laughs> do you think uh, i think we could squeeze in a show on bob dylan's christmas album uh, oh did you ever hear this uh, i haven't Oh, oh man, boy. you're in for a you're in oh, for a, uh, a real treat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a laugh, unintentional. And I like Bob Dylan, and mm. I you know, but I I oh boy, it'll be the soundtrack <laughs> to your nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that we lost all the Bob Dylan fans in our audience. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. So that's our review of I Want to Be Santa Claus. And uh, really, if you get a chance, if you've never heard the album, yeah. really check it out. As, I, as I've said before, these days you don't even have to buy it, although you should. Yes. You yeah, know, just go on YouTube or Spotify and listen to it. For sure. All right. So why don't we tell the folks what we've got cooking for each of us at the moment? Uh, let's start with Joe. All right. Well, I, I said that I'm going to listen to this again fresh, this album. And that's because uh, we're going to be doing a Fab Gab show. We're going to attempt to rank the tracks on this album from our, uh, I wish guess you could say, least favorite to most favorite song here. Kit's going to be with me on that show. Also, uh, my friend uh, Matthew Turnage is going to be on there. It's going to be uh, Sunday, the 18th, uh, Fab Gab. So you just have to look at my channel, Mean Mr. Mayo. It'll be done live. It'll be 3 p.m. Eastern time. So figure your time there, and we're gonna we're gonna tackle that. So for the for the holiday, and uh, if you watch my channel, Mean Mr. Mayo, uh, just have a video up there recently. I found some new Beatles finds that are interesting. One of them being the McCart McCartney Legacy book that we, we've been talking about, and that's fun. I recently guested on the Ken Michaels radio show. Not the radio, but the YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio. I don't know why I call it radio. It's not radio. <laughs> but I like why did it. I do that? Yeah. <laughs> not the Ken name of your Michael website, Radio. right? I know, I know. It just Ken is. Michaels Radio. I was I was a guest along with Alan Cozen and Ed Rising. You call it the Ken Michaels Video. Should. <laughs> <laughs> We each tried to uh, discuss what we felt were three underrated Paul McCartney albums. And I had a lot of fun. So, really, really good show. Within within (laughs) limits, right? Studio (laughs) albums, not live, Mm -hmm. you know, and not, uh, we didn't do the classical albums or Fireman. No, you could have done the Fireman. Oh, you could have done the Fireman? Well, they're not on my list. Okay. Including (laughs) Oh, for underrated, right? Yeah, and electric arguments is not on my list. I like it, but it's not on my list. Okay. Underrated. Uh, I usually have nothing to say. I have a couple more things to say this time. Uh, I did a video with Tom on my channel where we <laughs> examined the records and you know of the uh, McCartney eighty singles box. And I mean examine. I mean Tom put rubber gloves on. And his <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> So you know, if if you have like an hour and fifteen minutes to spare, you can you can watch that. And uh, I put something up also for remembering John, who uh, died, uh, you know, back on uh, December eighth, forty two years. It was just a it was just uh, a, a a trip that I had made uh, last summer to the to uh, Strawberry Fields Forever, Strawberry Fields, and. Uh, the Dakota to walk past mm-hmm. it. But anyway, um, so that's it. That's it for me, folks. Okay. Master Thomas. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ken. <laughs> Master. Anyways, um, you know, we're, 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 we're doing a, a wonderful little giveaway on this wonderful new book, The McCartney Legacy. And this was the episode that we just posted 
over the weekend. And if you want to learn how to win a copy, just go to our YouTube channel, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast, and go to the McCartney Legacy Giveaway Contest video. You can learn how you, you out there listening or watching, how you can win one of two copies. We got two copies we're giving away. And I'm really excited about that because what is in this book is hopefully going, is, is this is it. This is the definitive uh, or part one, I should say, the definitive bio, music bio, life bio, whatever you want to call it, of, of one Paul McCartney. And it, it really is an amazing book. And Ken, I, did you actually, did you finish the whole thing, Ken? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I can tell how much you loved it from listening to, you know, things we said today while you guys were interviewing uh, Adrian and Alan. And we also got to uh, interview uh, Alan and Adrian and they gave us two hours of their time. And I'm really proud of that video. And it was great, great uh, two hours just talking about uh, the, the making of the book and what, what's in the book. So please check that out. Um Next week, uh, we've got a, a, a returning guest. Uh, his name is Luca Parazzi, and you, you know him from the Paul McCartney Recording Sessions book. He's got a new book uh, coming out, um, which is uh, all pretty much all the songs. It's two volumes. The first one's supposed to be coming out in January 2023. But not only did we talk about that, but, but Luca, he was a contributing researcher to the to the uh to the big box set to the 80 wow. singles so oh, we wow. had an exclusive yeah we had an exclusive interview where you're only going to see on two legs and he talked about uh what he did for for the uh for the big singles box set and it's a really good story and uh you know i can't wait for you guys to check it out next saturday or this saturday i should say what is it the 17th maybe yeah i don't even know yeah. what the date uh is um but um but yeah so you can email us at two legs podcast at gmail.com please look for us on facebook twitter and instagram at two legs podcast yeah so in this big beautiful singles box we, we're going to be reviewing that soon and um that's 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 about it for now okay that's plenty right there that's plenty <laughs> yeah all right queen all right okay well first uh of course thank you guys for all of your support this year uh yes. you know we can't thank you enough we couldn't do the show without you we re reached the hundred milestone this wow. year unbelievable i should have mentioned that in the uh highlights of this year um and uh we look forward to producing even more great episodes Next year, we have a lot of guests that uh, we're uh, hoping to uh, get on uh, next year. So, you know, looking forward to more, uh, more great, great episodes. So, um, as always, you can reach us at uh, by email at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com. We always appreciate your, your thoughts, your feedback, uh, ideas you may have for future uh, episodes. Um, you can uh, also follow us on Twitter at talkmoretalk1, number one. Uh, you, we can uh, check us out on uh, the web at talkmoretalk.com. And of course, you can uh, reach us on our Facebook page. Just look up uh, talk more talk and uh, also right here on our YouTube channel and please subscribe and hit that like button. Um, yes. Can, can I just, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody. You know, when I, when we first started the show and actually when we first started the another listen series, mm -hmm. I was really worried about how the Ringo shows would do mm -hmm. on that. And I can't yeah. tell you how proud I am of those shows and how well 
those shows do for us. I, yeah. I it just blows my mind that that people are watching the another listen of the Ringo of the Ringo albums. Yeah. It, it's it's just I can't thank you guys enough for for making those shows as successful as they are. So thank you everybody. Mm -hmm. absolutely we and we love doing those another listen yeah. shows and and, yeah. and the ringo ones uh for sure right. and all the, the another listen they're a blast they they really are and uh and yes thank you so much for your support of, of those shows for sure um and uh and uh, so there and uh let's see did i mention everything and oh you can follow us um of course if you uh, listen to just the audio version on virtually any uh podcasting platform you can think of and you can listen to us on fab4radio.com thanks as always to beetle ed he's one of our biggest supporters yes uh, and uh thank you thank you so much for everything you do for us uh all year and uh, and all these years so uh so i think that's everything there uh as for me i am thrilled uh to announce i think i mentioned this the last time but i am teaching a beatles related course starting next month uh, january 12th this is going to be influences on the Beatles. This is part of my his, uh, Roots of Rock and Roll series. Uh, now, this isn't going to be the typical course where you're going to say, oh, it's Carl Perkins, Elvis Presley, that kind of thing. I mean, those, are, <laughs> those, are those are important influences, no doubt about it. Well, they're going to uh, be like Marvel comic book characters. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be, yeah, oh, that's important too. No, absolutely. <laughs> but... <laughs> Darn yeah, it. I know. Ruin I that. Know Here we go. You're... There we go. Yeah, yeah, I knew, <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. I'm pleased to say that will not be a feature of this course. What, <laughs> what, what we will be talking about, though, are the lesser known um, influences, such as British Music Hall, um, Swamp Pop. What is that? Well, you'll find out. Um, the avant-garde, things like that, that are just as important. Uh, as other influences. So uh, I encourage you to sign up for my class. It is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. This is the first Beatles related class I've taught. So uh, I will have the information on how to sign up on my Facebook page, our Facebook page. So I hope I will see you there. Also, uh, pretty soon, uh, hopefully this week, my Beatles gift guide will be up. So um, probably the middle of this week. So uh, do check out, uh, look out for that. I'll have it up on my page. Uh, it will be at somethingelsereviews.com. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. So I think that's, uh, that's everything. I think you forgot one thing. That other yeah, new you podcast. got a new show. You got a new oh show. Oh my coming, gosh! Yes, or out as well. Oh. Thank you, thank you, Cad. <laughs> uh, we are uh, doing well, and thank you for all of your support so far. Those who have uh, subscribed to our Facebook page. Uh, I am part of another podcast. It's a monthly podcast uh, called Toppermost of the Poppermost, uh, along with Ed Chen and Martin Quibble. Uh, we are looking at songs that were on the charts at the same time as the Beatles uh, when they debuted uh, with uh, Please Please Me, or not Please Please Me, Love Me Do, beginning uh, with October 1962. So we're looking at their songs, but also the songs that were on the charts at the same time and groups you know, that were related, you know, had some kind of relation to the Beatles. Either they worked with them or 
there was some other kind of connection. So, uh, so it's really, you know, really having fun with it because we're talking about the Beatles, but we're looking into other kinds of the, the groups and music that were on the charts at the same time. So we've been having a lot of fun with it. First episode is out. Uh, so love to have you uh, take a listen to it. Let us know what you think. Um, so you can find us on Facebook. Just look up Toppermost of the Poppermost. Uh, I will, again, post links on my Facebook page. So uh, so hope you're enjoying it so far. And uh, if you haven't listened to it already, please check it out. Okay. All right. I'm exhausted right. just hearing everybody. <laughs> Oh, we'll be here for another half hour for you. Yeah. <laughs> but you're going to get a mouthful on this book. There's mm -hmm. no doubt about it. First of all, we just did a show on things we said today with Alan Cozen and Adrian Sinclair. And um, that also was, I think, two hours long, all about this book. What an intense period this was for Paul McCartney. Mm -hmm. You think about all that he went through from 1969 through 73, from marrying Linda, the Beatle breakup, the heartache of dealing with the Beatle breakup, suing the other Beatles, starting uh, his solo career, starting Wings, becoming a father. So many things happened, the Wings tours, and it's all covered in this book. I mean, there's so much detail in here for every single song that Paul did in the studio and how many takes were done and overdubbing. And, you know, this is a, McCart a McCartney fan's dream come true, this book, and can't wait for the, the next few volumes. It is, dare I say it, Lewinesque. Lewisonesque. Yeah. Lewinesque. <laughs> Lewisonesque. Lewisonesque. That's, That's hard okay. to say. It's going to be the yes. term. I'm going to get that word in the dictionary, Lewisonesque. Right. But, um, yeah, if you can, check out the, uh, the brand new interview that we have on Things We Said Today with Alan and Adrian. Don't forget the book actually comes out tomorrow. And on Wednesday, the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, uh, Alan and Adrian will be interviewed by our good friend, Ken Womack. Doors open 6.30 um, and the interview starts at 7.30. I'll be there with Darren DeVivo, Andy Nichols from Two yep. Legs will be there as well. And uh, also you can win this book on my website. <laughs> okay kenmichaelsradio.com as you know every week i do beatles trivia and there's a list of 10 great prizes to pick from either books cds dvds blu-rays vinyl and every single week there's a winner and they pick one of those 10 right now the mccartney legacy volume one is one of those 10 prizes so check it out contest starts from monday last through sunday every single week uh, yeah, and then there's my YouTube channel, which has been a little busy lately. <laughs> um, I interviewed Brian Ray from Paul McCartney's band. He has a brand new single that's out called On My Way to You. Really good rocker. And check out the video for that on YouTube. And uh, we do some talking about his work with Paul and also everything he's done leading up to Paul. Did you know, for example, that he co-wrote a song? that Smokey Robinson recorded. There you go. I do now. Wow. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, really good guy. Second time that I've interviewed him. It's on my YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio. I also interviewed Greg Bissonette, who's the second drummer in Ringo and the All-Stars. Talking about what it's like to be in the All-Stars and why Ringo is his favorite drummer of all time. And he goes into detail. And boy, 
you see, free to talk <laughs> and to illustrate <laughs> drums with his hands. He's a blast. He's a hoot, but he's a great guy to talk to. And um, we also talk about Live at the Greek, nice. 2019, brand new release, which is available in all formats. So that's on my YouTube channel. And as Joe mentioned before, we did a show with Joe and Alan Cozen and Ed Rising, Ed hosts Ed's Popomatic podcast. I'm glad I said that right. And um, it's uh, all of us mentioning our top three underrated Studio McCartney albums. You know, there's one album, only one album, that all four of us mentioned that were in our list. What do you think it was? You'll have to tune in to find out. That's all at Ken Michaels Radio. So uh, I think that about covers everything. This has been fantastic. And uh, this, as I said, is our last show of the year. We do want to thank each and every one of you for watching and uh, for becoming regular viewers or listeners of this show. We appreciate all of you, the new, the new subscribers, even the old ones. Old. So old. We've only, we've been, <laughs> we started in 2019. But um, we appreciate it because we know there's so many really good Beatle podcasts out there. Just the fact that you take the time to listen to us is something we really appreciate. Yep, absolutely. So, um, yeah. And like you said, Kit, uh, thanks to Beatle Ed for carrying all of our shows. And, you know, it's a great thing to know that not only do you do you listen or watch to us, but also from us, you watch our other shows <laughs> like Two Legs and uh, Me, Mr. Mayo and Things We Said Today and Ken Michaels Radio. And now there's going to be toppermost of the poppermost. We don't need anybody else, really. No, <laughs> no. We got it all covered here. What else yep. do you need? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thanks to all of you. It means so much to us that you're here. Uh, watching our show uh, or listening to our show and um, this has been a tremendous year we wish you all the best for next year happy Hanukkah Merry Christmas happy Christmas and um, I hope you want to be Santa Claus all right <laughs> thanks so much to all of you and for Kit and Tom and Joe I'm Ken Michaels thank thanks so much for being there and as I close every year We'll see you all same time next year. Take care. Happy Thank New you. Year.